We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, we are live, Robbie Hummel, and uh, we'll wait here for a second to uh, to get this populated. Make sure we're good. I'll retweet it. You can retweet it, and uh, you just got done working. This is uh, double duty for you. Man, the the no travel makes this like a totally different deal, where you can literally do a different game every night. And, and I know for me, like, it's different because there's not many people that I guess work at, like, multiple places. And, and I've been fortunate to be able to do that. Um, but it also comes to a point where I have, like, a game legitimately, like, every night. Like, so it's, like, it's been a lot of planning ahead here this and week. And you're training. And, and you're listen, you're training during the day. This is, Yeah, you know. that's probably the hardest part is, like, aside from, like, I probably, I bet I put in, for each game I do, you know, I, I watch both teams last game, I keep a notebook of every player that plays in, on every team I see. And I just, what they like yeah. to do yeah. So that like, once you get through, once you start seeing the teams multiple times, that part is done. But early in the season, that's like an hour a team of going through stuff. So that's uh, why you love Iowa, Wisconsin, the veteran teams. Yeah. Cause you've seen them and you know, exactly. you can get through it a little faster. So yes, that certainly helps. But like, yeah, like, so the prep time, I bet it's probably five or six hours a game, like of watching those games and then making that kind of personnel uh, notebook. And then you've got an hour of weights every morning and you've got an hour on the court four days a week. So it's like, you're, there's just not enough hours in the day. You know, it's like, right, that's it. I don't feel bad for you because uh, you feel bad for me. You had all since, since March to, to <laughs> sit on your ass and do absolutely nothing. That's true. Very true. So as we're doing this, uh, Northwestern is is hanging on for sort of dear life, but they, they withstood a punch from Indiana. Indiana kind of came back, and Northwestern's still up five right now. Um, you saw North, Northwestern recently. Indiana just hit a big three uh, to cut it to, to two. Is this team for real? Like, are we are we circa 2017 Northwestern again or no? I would say this year, no, but I think that this group, that's the kind of foundation that they've set for maybe next year or the year after. They're really young. You know, they've got a 
a really interesting young group of players. Pretty skilled. And, you know, Boo Booey, I've seen him uh, the last two years against Michigan State. He's had their number. Like, he, he can get buckets. He has gotten buckets against those dudes. Um, but no, they, it's going to be interesting, like, especially because everybody could come back again. Like, you've got a guy like Anthony Gaines, who just, he's played for three years. He's a role guy. If he wants to, he can come back for another two years if, if that's what he chooses to do. You know, Pete Nance is an interesting player. They're playing him at the five. And I think it's, it's better for him. Like, he's really, he killed those Michigan State big guys. Like, they, they tried every one of them. They tried Kithier on him. They tried Bingham on him. They, they tried everybody on him. And it's just, they couldn't guard him, you know? And, um, Miller Cop is a nice piece. He, he's a good player. Like, they're, but they're young. You know, they're, they're, yeah, they're a year, they're a year away from probably going to the tournament. But if they can get in the NIT, well, there's probably not going to be an NIT this year. But <laughs> if they can be a team in that 68 to like 90 range. Yeah. This year, then next year. And I'm a big Chris Collins guy, and, and a bunch of people have hit me on him like, he should be on the hot seat. He should be in the hot seat. I'm like, no, you're right. They've been terrible the last two years. Absolutely terrible. But let's not forget what Northwestern was and what he did. And that, to me, getting them to the NCAA tournament gives him a lifetime contract at Northwestern. It really does. Uh, no doubt. They, they've got to figure out how to win. That, that's their biggest thing, like learning how to win. They Like the – the Pittsburgh game is the perfect example. Like, you know, you, you should be up by 25 points in the first half, like the way that they played and the way Pittsburgh played. Um, but no, I, I really like Chris Collins too. I, I've got a good story about it. I'm going to tell it right here. He, so he, he sends me a handwritten letter, like my right. year in high school. And I'm going to visit NC State and UNC Charlotte because I've got offers from both Herb Sendek and Bobby Lutz. So because I get this letter, I'm talking to my parents. I'm like, you know, I, we should go visit Duke. Like, yeah. I'm getting recruited by, recruited by him, you know, and so we. I go into the other schools, and on the, on the last couple of days there, I head over to Duke, and I go to the scrimmage, and the scrimmage is big time. Like there's like it's one of those practices where there's like 200 high school coaches there just to watch, and they're all sitting up top at Cameron, and I'm sitting behind the bench with my mom and dad, and the, the Duke team was loaded, like they had Reddick. Sheldon Williams, McRoberts. This scrimmage was like fun to watch. Like these Paulus, you know, a lot of dudes, like they were really good that season. And after the scrimmage, Chris Collins comes over and he's like, you know, Hey guys, like, you know, thanks for coming. I'm going to bring coach K over. Yeah. So he goes and gets K and K comes over and he's like, Hey guys, like we, we really appreciate you coming all the way from California to, to see us. My mom is like, oh, no, we're from Indiana. Like, she didn't realize that, like, he has no idea who we actually are. And he's like, no, you're from California. <laughs> he literally was saying no, no idea who you are. That moment, I was like, dude. dude. You were, like, on the depth chart of, of Duke's recruiting. You no were, doubt. like, on page, like, 12. Exactly. They were recruiting Kyle Singler. They probably were like, we're definitely getting him. Maybe they, like, you know, just, like, you were the white kid, you know, like, like down the chart, it was like Kyle Singler and how many other white there was like ten, were there. dudes, like ten dudes in between yeah. Singler and me. What's well, funny, Duke back then, Rob, back then, they used to pick like one guy per position. I know. They didn't recruit not, me. Yeah, not recruit Carolina used to go a little bit heavier. Duke used to and they changed that maybe I don't know how many years ago. But I remember they, they had to change their recruiting uh philosophy because they were missing out on dudes. And they didn't know who to go after. They were, they were so late in 
uh, when they missed out on their A guy. Yeah. No, I, I think that's definitely how they operated back then. But the funny part about that story is that Shire, John Shire will text me like once every like 10 months and be like, yo, we're in the office laughing about how Coach K thought you were from California. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like. Classic. classic. All right, let, let's let's move on. You did the Illinois game tonight. Northwestern still up two with two and a half to go. Uh, you did the Illinois game tonight in which early on, uh, man, by the time I flipped it, the game before it, I can't remember what game was right before it, but whatever game was before it. Rutgers, Ohio State. Yeah, Rutgers, Ohio State. It just ended. They flip it over. It's like 19-4. Illinois down early. And I'm like, whoa, Penn State? Really? They're going to lose this one? There's no way they can lose this game. Losing three already, uh, they can ill afford to lose it. Then they turned it on. And really, to me, I thought the difference was just Kofi. Like, you had nobody. They just kept getting him the ball, and you said it. You were like, you just, they should keep going to him, go to the well over and over and over because nobody can stop this guy in the paint. Um, That's what they did. It was a tale of two halves for Illinois, honestly, in the sense that in the first half, late in the the half, Kofi was dominant. Like, John Harris, the only big guy that has any size for Penn State, he gets a second foul. It was over with. Like, Trent Buttrick has no chance. It's like so, me guarding him. It was, it was certainly going to be a challenge, and they fed him, and they got it to him, and he was dominant. Second half, it was Iowa. Yeah. I mean, Iowa was getting in the paint. He was making plays. They were running pick and roll for him. He was getting whatever he wanted. Like, he was using the size of the rim. Um, the points in the paint was the difference, and those two dudes were by far the best two players on the floor. All right, so here's my question to you on Iowa. You've seen him a ton. Uh, I had him before last season as a lottery pick. Yep. And he was nothing like a lottery pick for most of the season. Like, I mean, at the end there, you started to see it a little bit more, but he didn't shoot it well enough. Um, Where do you see Io in the NBA? It's interesting, man. He's shooting it better this year, and that's going to be the big thing for him. Like, he's got an NBA body. You know, he's an NBA athlete. There's no question about that. He's got good length. But – it's a it's a make shots league, you know, and and I think that there's there's a serious question about can he make shots at that level, and I mean like you know, Etwan Moore is a good example, like big guard, like he has found a way to survive and even thrive at times in that league, and because of that, he's coming on his tenth year pro as as a tenth year pro. So Joe Harris, look at Joe Harris and the amount of money, like Joe Harris. As a shooter. And in the NBA, you have, like, for me, I was good at a lot of things. Yeah. I wasn't great at anything, which probably is like, that's like no man's land at that level. It's, they say that. Like, if you're not great at one thing, you're not, you're not lasting. You may not, you're probably not making it there. And you're certainly not lasting. It's 100% true. Like, because if you're elite at something that can mask the other deficiencies you have, like, if I shoot 45% from three, Yep. We can live with Rob not really being a great on the ball defender, you know, like that's, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, it's... But when you're shooting 36 or 34, now all of a sudden those questions start creeping <laughs> up a little harder. So yeah. I think with IO, you know, he's got a good pull up. He's got good size. I, I just, I wonder about him as a three point shooter. And I think he's willing to do like things like Etwan has. Like Etwan has embraced it. Like whatever you need me to do, you need me to bring yeah. the ball up, you need me to guard. Like that's fine. I think he'll do that. Um, but I, I do. I don't know if he will as easily. Like Etwan had that personality. 
I think Io's going to come in a lot differently, Rob, because he's no, no. come into the league now. He's going to be a top 10 pick most yeah. likely. So he's going to come in with a lot more expectations and a lot more pressure than Etwan came in with the Celtics when honestly he had less pressure than Juwan Johnson. No, he did. All he had to do was literally just chill on the bench, like right. and watch Rayon and Paul Pierce. And that, that's, that's a great point. Like, he didn't have any expectations. Now he also could have easily been one and done out of the league. Totally, like, I was going to get multiple chances because of that. So there's That's there's two point. sides of that coin. Like being a second round pick isn't like right. you're fighting balls and, and yeah. gumdrops out here. Like yeah. it's a different. There there's some there's some drawbacks to that as well. But yes, there, there's going to be some expectations, and and with that comes like if you start out as Etwan as a role player, then people will look at you as you're a bust. Your your biggest concerns with Illinois, I assume I, I I have a pretty good idea. They don't involve Io and they don't involve Kofi. They involve almost everybody else because Adam Miller was great out of the shoot. Yeah, he's he's certainly hit hit sort of the skids here. I'm I'm worried about them defensively. Yeah. And I think Brad Underwood is too. I I think that you look at like the way they've been giving up points. Penn State scored a bunch of points tonight and shot pretty well from the field. Rutgers shot like you know, Rutgers scored 91 points and Rutgers is good. But they're shooting 60% from the field and 55% from three. And Ron Harper is going for 28. Like How much of that is Kofi, Rob? And, 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 again, putting him in ball screens over and over and over and exposing him because he, he is not. Yeah, it's part of that. But it's a lot of, like, veteran guys making stupid mistakes. Like, yeah. tonight there was a play where I was guarding Isaiah Brockington for Penn State. And I know I keep a personnel notebook, but I know he's going left. And you yeah. know he's going left. Yeah. And everybody in the freaking world knows this dude's going left, right? Yeah. And he just literally torches him. Like, make him go to his right hand. That I know that's on the Illinois Scott Airport. Yeah. And, and I was a junior. Like, he knows better than that. And, and they've had a lot of breakdowns. Against Rutgers, they didn't get any 50-50 plays. So I'm I'm concerned about their defense. I know they can score. And they're certainly a, a viable. Like, with Kofi tonight, they're in their pick-and-roll coverage, he was way back. And Myron Jones is just coming off and shooting horse shots for the first five minutes of the game. I mean, shooting these pull-ups where he's wide open. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. NFL football continues on this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Ben Online. Let's go through some college hoops title odds. Gonzaga is still the favorites, plus 450. Baylor, plus 850. Iowa, plus 900. Illinois, plus a 1,000 with Io. Villanova, kind of like that at plus 1,200. think you can get uh, Nova pretty low there. Kansas, plus 1,600. Uh, West Virginia, also plus 1,600. Virginia, plus 1,800, along with Michigan State. And, man, Kentucky and Duke. Did you think you'd see the day? Both of them plus 2,500. No matter how schedules change or players that play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere else online. Head to Bet Online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Um, all right, let, let's move on. The the big topic, and, and I know you didn't follow it that closely, but I, I want to get your your thoughts on it. Um, was Calipari's comments on Cam Fletcher? Freshman. Uh, he came out publicly on Twitter and and, and kind of undressed them. Um, we don't have to go into it too long, but I my big thing was 
I don't think you have to do that to a freshman. I, I think if it's a senior, that's one thing that you've already built up a relationship uh, with. Most people don't even know the name Cam Fletcher because right. he was the least heralded of all their their freshmen, barely playing, played a couple minutes. Um, when you saw this, w- what did you think? Well, I think I, I agree with you. Like usually if this was the other way around or, or a certain different situation, a lot of times if a player is critical of the coach, let's say, they'd all be like, well, keep this in house. Like, you know, that, that would be the biggest thing. Like, so there's a double standard here because Cal is allowed to just go and. But Cal's Cal, right? It's his program. Yeah, right. He can do whatever he wants. Yep. But I, I think my question for for the player would be, all right, you knew what this was. Like, this is Kentucky, where you're getting the best dudes in your class. You're getting high-level transfers. Like, you're probably not going to see the floor a ton when you're a freshman. And maybe with them losing, he's thinking, well, I could do better than these dudes. But at the same time, when you've got Terrence Clark and you've got Brandon Boston, those dudes are ranked in the top 15 in their class. They're going to get every opportunity to be successful because that's how Cal has built his program. Like, he's built this on getting guys that are highly ranked. They yeah. come for a year. Yeah. And this is – so they're going to get a long leash, right? Like, he, if the second you don't, that's going to get used against him in recruiting. So I, I think that you have to understand what this is. But at the same time, like, I do see where it's like, why are you just crushing this kid? And I think when I look at this from afar, it's like, well, maybe Cal wants him to transfer. <laughs> maybe he wants him to leave. Like that, that could be too. Like maybe if he does, don't you just go in and tell the kid, Hey, you're never going to play here. That's probably true. Yeah. Like, like to me, you don't have to screw this kid in a sense that if he does transfer, not everybody knows there's something up with him instead of just saying, Hey, you know what? He's going home to tend to some personal problems. Right. Protect the kid. That that's my only take. But I, I do wonder, Rob, I do wonder with them being one in five how much this is getting to John Calipari right now, right? This is year, what, 11 or 12? Uh, you know, he set such a high standard early. Right. Uh, you know, think about it. First six years, they win a title. They go to two Final Fours, uh, another championship game. And over the last five years, they haven't gotten to the Final Four. And now they're one in five and could be one in six. They got Louisville coming up at the Yum Center. So how much is this pressure getting to him where, again, it's it's like dog years for, for a Kentucky coach, right? I mean, 10 years is is honestly like a, an eternity. Most sure. guys aren't going to last that long. So you just wonder how much this is actually getting to him, the pressure, the stress. It's fine when you're winning. It's the greatest thing ever, especially for somebody like Cal Perry who loves the attention. It was the perfect marriage when he's winning at the highest level. But the worst thing you can do is what? Set the expectations up here and not live up to them. That's totally true. And I think you you hit the nail right on the head with, like, think about the 2012 team. Like, you're getting Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, Marcus Teague, like, Darius Miller's a senior. on Like, they had so many good players, it wasn't fair. But I, I think that, you know, he's been around long enough to where he he's a big boy. Like, he can handle it. And I do agree. Like, he, he embraces – kind yep. of tension that Kentucky has brought him. And it's been, for the most part, really positive. But I think that as quickly as this can go bad for John Calipari, it can be that quickly fixed because of the way he he builds a program. Sure. I mean, he's one recruiting class away from back to being good and having a top 10 team. 
Um, you know, it's just, it's so funny how like in that place, man, it, it eats coaches up. Yeah. We've talked about this. Like, you know, they fired Tubby. Billy Gillespie obviously didn't land on there. It, it, it can really, really affect coaches and they don't, they don't stand to lose. Like that, that's not acceptable down there. But I do think that, that with the way that John Calipari recruits, he's a good coach. You know, he, he's been through, I don't want to say like tough time. He's just, he's seen a lot. You know, he's been around the block. That's for sure. I, I don't think that this is the end by any means. And I don't think that this is something that like is ready to break him. I would not say that. I think it'll motivate him. I yeah. think he needs this. I, I think he got not lazy, but but definitely has not been out in the recruiting trail like he was, right? I, I think, especially this year. I mean, listen, this year, again, recruiting's been so different. It's been all over Zoom. But I, I do think this will motivate him now to be more active um, and way more involved in, in recruiting. Uh, and, you know, my question to you is, you know, the, the fans have a right to be frustrated with John Calipari. Do you think in Lexington they're going to start saying, hey, you know what? Maybe we need a change. Which, hey, if you're saying that, fans in Lexington, you're idiots. You're absolutely <laughs> morons. Be careful what you wish for. You had Billy Clyde Gillespie before John Calipari. Uh, you know, to me, embrace what you have. Love it. You're always in the hunt for the most part. This year is the exception, and it's not over yet. I don't think there'll be a tournament team this year. I think they've dug themselves too big a hole, Rob, in 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 a league in the SEC that that kind of stinks. So yeah. I think there's enough opportunities in conference play to, to earn some quality wins. That, that's for sure. I will say this though: this has to be like the worst year for a team like his that you could ever like in terms of of the situation. Yes. You're, Summer, you know, you have these two transfers. Oh, Davion Mintz, was he was he at Creighton last year? Yeah, he was at Creighton so, last year. Yeah, so he's coming in new. Olivier new. You've got all these freshmen. You've got all these dudes that haven't been able to play together. And you've got to build a team and, and make it to where they're competitive at, at the highest of levels. And that's just, man, this is not the year for that. This is the year for, like, have a team like Creighton, you know, ha- have a group that's experienced and has been together and – and knows kind of how this thing works. Uh, Northwestern did hold on, 74-67. Big for them, man. That's that's a monster. And for our, and for Indiana, yikes. Like, that's a game that you have got to win. Because They're going like, to be all over Archie again, aren't they? Yeah, it's – man, the Indiana fans, we're talking about Lexington will break you. <laughs> yeah. Indiana's got a worse in a way, aren't well, they? They're worse, is that you said? Kind of, because they're living in the past. Like, they're living, like, 25 years ago. No doubt. Like, that's the thing. And I, when I was at Purdue, even, so I was there, I got there in 07. All you heard about when we went into Assembly Hall to play was the banners. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the banners, the banners this, the banners that. It's like, dude, I was negative seven years old when you freaking won that. Right, right. So were all you kids in the student section, too. Like, it's... It's clinging to a history that, you know, it just it hasn't been that way in a long time. So it's it's still a great program. There's no question. It's still it's probably one of my favorite places to go to see a game. Cause it's it's absolutely off the chain like that. Oh, place, the best. It's it awesome going. It's, it's yep. really. But man, that's 
that's not a good loss for Indiana there tonight. Do they still call you all sorts of names when you go back and you do a broadcast or the league? I haven't done a ton of games. I was supposed to do Indiana Purdue last year, and then when Bobby Knight came back, it kind of got changed. Yep. Um, they put big boys on that one. It, what's that? They put they put the A the A team on that one when they knew that. Then yeah, it was it was tough for me. I got to do the studio that day instead. <laughs> but uh, so I'm there. We're doing. I've got I've got Northwestern like two years ago. It's my first game back at Assembly Hall doing TV, and I'm I'm sitting there. I'm holding. I make these cards for every game. Like I make a card like this. Sure. And it's just, it's stats. It's, it's whatever you need to know. Oh, no, it's, it's all this stuff. It's how I do the game. And I'm reading through them just cause I, I, I really write all this stuff down cause I memorize it. Like before the game, I just go through it. It helps me remember stuff. And I'd never look at them hardly during the game. It's just really? my mind. Yep. So I'm reading these things. I'm going over stuff. And this older gentleman who's like probably in his, upper seventies, maybe 80. And dude, this guy taps me on the shoulder and I'm sitting next to Brandon God. I think Brandon though had gotten up to, to go get something to drink or something in the media room. And I turn around and it's this, this old man and he looks at me and he goes, it's a disgrace that they let you do games here. I thought he was kidding. And I said, I just kind of said like, you know, I'm just, I'm just here to do, do my job. Points to the top of assembly hall and he goes, they should make you do the game from up there. And he walked away. I was like, it's really good that nothing has changed, but you know what? I respect it because the Indiana Purdue rivalry would not be cool if they were like, welcome to Bloomington. Right. All right. Bullshit. Right. Like it's way cooler with this old man. Way better. Ended that I'm actually doing it, calling a game from Assembly okay. Hall. And at the end of the day, I know that for the most part, I used to just ball out at Assembly Hall. So it's- <laughs> that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. That, that's that's not as good as mine. My, my, my best one was uh, I'm in Vegas for Summer League doing games, and uh, and I'm, I'm doing sideline for the games. And there's this guy who starts absolutely yelling at me nonstop. I'm sitting next to Ben Simmons and his brother. At this point, talking to Ben, and there's some guy just screaming at me. And it's not loud. It's like Thomas and Mac. It's summer league. Right. I think Lonzo was playing the next game or something. Yeah. It's, it's damn quiet. This guy is riding me. And I'm trying not to give him the time of day. I don't even want to look at who it is. No, I'm, right. kind of, I'm nonchalant about it. I get up after a minute. I kind of peek over. The dude's head-to-toe Kentucky gear. Just killing me. Yelling, profane. I mean, and everybody in like all the sections can hear it because again, like it's summer league. Nobody's saying a word and I'm just looking at him and he's got a huge, like a 40 ounce. No doubt. He's pounded. Alcohol's been flowing out there. I'm just laughing. I'm like, dude, keep going. Like, I don't care. You're, you're entertaining the crowd. It don't bother me any, you know. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring even more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people, and they do it fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. 
like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash good. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash good. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. So anyway, all right, listen. Um, the team that you trust the most, Rob, not named Gonzaga or Baylor, is who? This is hard because... I think it's easy. Well, I, I, I think it became easy, but when I was initially thinking about this, I'm looking at all these teams, I think they just have one or two warts, right? Yeah. I'm going Villanova. Yeah, 100%. 100%. He's really good. Jeremiah Robinson Earl's really good. They've got maybe one of the best road wins of the year. So I think it's it's a no-brainer. Everybody else is like, you know, I, I just – I like Iowa, but defensively they scare the hell out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I just think Villanova is the, the only answer to that question. Would you take Villanova – and I'm with you 100%. We haven't even mentioned Justin Moore, who's a terrific shooter. they got Caleb Daniels, a transfer from Tulane, who's pretty good. Cole Swider can shoot the hell out of it. Um, you know, Brian Antoine could be back this year. I'm mm-hmm. here and I don't know if he will or not and how effective he'll be. Um, but, but they're, they're good. They're experienced. They've won two titles. They got a pretty good coach. Uh, would you take Villanova over Baylor? No, you wouldn't. Not at all. The way Baylor defends, yeah. the way they, they can score the ball with all yeah. those guards, no chance. They're junkyard dogs. Like they, they beat, they beat the hell out of Illinois. And I do think Illinois is pretty good. They punked Illinois, like physically. Yep. And Illinois is a pretty physical team. I, I think Kansas is interesting, you know, just because this is like a sixth sense, I think, because of the way that I lost to them in my last college game. I yeah. knew they were going to win the Texas Tech game. Like I knew it. And it's, it's Bill Self, dude. He, he just like finds a way. He finds a way. And like the sets he, after timeouts, I don't know if there's anybody better in the country. Yeah, he kills it. Yeah. He he draws stuff up. They always score. The double lob, like that that play, I saw Ridiculous. a montage of it working against. Cause there were like 15 of them. Everybody's ready for the yeah. first one. Yeah. The second one, like everybody relaxes. So, like, I I do like – I like Kansas for that fact just because it's like they have nine lives. You know, it's like with Bill Self. And, and they do have experience. Like, Abaji has been through it. Marcus Garrett is is a good player. He's not he's not great offensively, but he does he has all the intangibles. He's a great leader. David McCormick to me has to play better. Like he he's got to give them more consistently. I like Jalen Wilson. Like I, I like Kansas team, but I yep. just think that it's so clear that Gonzaga and Baylor are the the best two teams that I've seen this year. So we're getting comments in that, that they're asking why you hate Tennessee. Why don't <laughs> I don't. I really like Rick Barnes. I, I really am a big fan of Rick Barnes. He's the man. Um, I, I think with COVID, I honestly haven't gotten to see him enough. Yeah. I don't think they've they been tested. Played, they played Colorado first game, and then they've just been beating the living shit yeah. out of people. John you know? Paul, 
become a player. Ponds is a player. Like and Fulkerson, I've seen him down at the in the Bahamas. He's gotten he's better. And I was like, man, he's got a long way to go. And he's come a long way. He's he's good now. He I did know. have a long way to go. But they, I mean, they've got you know Springer's been really good. I mean, they, you know, James wasn't great last year as a freshman, but he's come on a little bit. Keon Johnson. They've just they've got length. They've got athleticism to go along with some older dudes. Uh, and, and again, Pons is, is a guy who just buys into his role. How long, who are they supposed to, they were supposed to play somebody good. In, yeah. In, uh, was it, they were supposed to play in Jimmy V against him? Baylor. No, Baylor was, play, I think it was, it was Gonzaga. It was Gonzaga. It was Gonzaga. Yes. Yeah. And it was originally Rutgers Baylor. Then Rutgers bailed. Then the whole thing kind of fell apart. Uh, but yeah, it would have been a hell of a game. Seeing t- Although I think Gonzaga would have beaten the, 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 the shit out of them early. I, I think Tennessee is going to be that team that honestly could be by the time we're looking in February, like they're number four in the country, number three in the country. And you're saying, you know what? They match up better than most because right. they're so athletic and long and can guard. And yeah, they're not going to be able to hang with Gonzaga offensively, probably. But they could really slow down and cause problems for Gonzaga and 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 Baylor. Baylor is that one that, like you said, the one thing about Baylor is they can play a lot of different. I mean, they've got a a team that can score if they want to. Yep. They've got a team that can really, really guard. And I don't think there's anybody else like that right now. I think the biggest question for Baylor for me is the center position. Yeah. Like, are you just better off like going super small? And just like being like, put Mark Vidal at the five and switch five ways, and just like, maybe in certain people you can't do that. Like in Illinois, that would not be the answer because of Kofi Coburn. But no, I, I I really was impressed with Baylor and Gonzaga. I always worry about them. Like they're great early; they have to load up their schedule early, and then you play in the WCC. And outside of BYU and St. Mary's, that's not exactly the greatest competition. While other teams are having to test themselves. And now, with that being said, this Gonzaga team is so talented. And, like, they've got – I mean, Nemhard and Suggs, as your point guard, is ridiculous. Like, Nemhard is your backup point guard. Think I, about that. I mean, they're going to play them together. I, I love that, that they can play those two together. Because Suggs can do whatever you want them to do, right? You play them on the ball. You can play them off the ball. Is, is he – like – who is when you watch him? I've heard so many different comparisons. Dan Dickow gave me the one of Jason Kidd. I don't see that quite as much because he's a better shooter at, th- at this stage. I, yeah, I mean, he what seven threes against right. Iowa. He's I, mean, a- I, I just I love him because again, like what doesn't he do well? Now he, he can throw the ball around the gym a little bit, right? He's still a freshman who makes mistakes and doesn't value the ball all the time. But ultimately, he's still got incredible court vision, really good passing ability, which I didn't realize he had. And right. then the shot is way better than I thought. So, like, to me – and I told Cade this. When I, I talked to Cade about a week and a half ago, and I, I need to clip that out, but I said, I'm like, hey, man, I had you as the number one pick before the season. I'm like, now Jalen Suggs has me thinking long and hard about that. And he looked at me, and he's like, he's like no, you're right. Like, Jalen Suggs is a terrific player. He's like, I love him. What about, like, I mean, you, you, I think of him as a shot-making point guard. Like, I think yeah. he's more athletic than Chauncey Billups, but, like, I mean, a shot-maker like Chauncey Billups, maybe? Like, I, 
I don't think he's that good a shooter. Right. I, you know, it, it's I don't think he's like any anybody completely. He like he's got a little bit of jaw because he's athletic and he sees the floor. He can score. He can do everything. That's he's not jaw. He's not as explosive vertically, right? He's not Derrick Rose. Uh, was so sick in high school. Like right. I, people understand. I shoot. He didn't need to shoot. No, I mean, but he also was, I was so impressed with Derek. And I know we're talking about Jalen Suggs, but like with, with Derek Rose, he was like, he didn't care about scoring either. At all. No one at that level doesn't care about that. Like yeah. everybody that, that's that team. good, all they care about is scoring. And the other guys in, the, in, our, in my class were pretty much like that. You know, like the OJ Mayos, the Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. <laughs> right. That's why it worked. With him, with Eric Gordon, that's why it worked, Rob, is because he didn't yeah. care. He set Eric Gordon up all day it's long. Table. Dude, we played them at the finals of the Peace Jam. You probably were there. I was there. And they went into this 2-3 zone. And they had, like, three good players on Mean Streets. They had Derek, Eric, and Tim Flowers. who yeah. was just like a 6-5 rebounding machine. Oh. They went in this 2-3 zone, and our coach, who is crazy, Wayne Brown, this dude, he's he is, he's got ideas that are flowing off the wall as a basketball mind. He puts me at the point, and they're in this 2-3 zone, and we're not, we're getting, we played like crap, and he calls timeout, and he's yelling at me, you got to penetrate the gaps of the zone, you got to get through the middle, and I'm looking at Eric Gordon and Derek Rose for like half, kind of like paying attention, but at the same time, just like yeah. that. Dudes are freaking taking my ball. Like, dude, I was like, where do you want me to go? Like, really, where do you want me to go? We, why is Etwan not playing this? Why is, why is somebody else? If you caught the damn ball, I don't want the ball. Somebody else the ball, like not me. Give Antoine Boyd the ball or somebody, not, not me. It was the best backcourt I've ever seen in AU basketball. Again, Eric Gordon, I think people forget how talented he's had a lot of injuries and in injuries. He was so athletic. Ridiculous. He was so athletic. I, I, I wish people understood. Like he's he's become a really good NBA player and he's gotten paid a ton of money. Yep. And I'm happy for him for that. But man, he was he was a freak. Like Elite he was four. he was built I mean, his jumper, I remember in the Indiana All Stars, it's a big thing in the state of Indiana to like there's this all star game. We play against Kentucky and like it's a who's who of who's played in this game. Like, cause Kentucky obviously has great history, Indiana as well. And I just remember seeing Eric and the way he shot the ball with range, like it was nothing. Yeah. Uh, he's shooting NBA threes as a high school senior and he's shooting it like it's a, it's a, like a horse shot from the free throw line. And, and like, dude, I, I wish that I had those practices on tape because our team was loaded. Jeff T, Eric Gordon. Etwan Moore, myself, Scott Martin, Jawan Johnson, Matt Howard. Like, the practices, like, it was like – I don't want to compare it to this because this is ignorant, but it was like the Indiana high school version of the Dream Team practices in Monte Carlo. Bridges. <laughs> like, it was, it was really competitive. Our coach, I remember, was super nervous before the first game with Kentucky because he was like, dude, if I lose – are you look like an idiot, like, because, you know, I've got so much talent. I've got five NBA players on the team and then a bunch of really good college players too. But the practices were awesome. couple more quick questions and then we'll, uh, we'll roll out of here. Uh, somebody ripping on you saying why your mic's so shiny. It is. It's really shiny. You, you told me to get this one. I, I was 
amateur of the mic games. So this is, this is what I got. Yeah, no, good job. I listen, it's shiny, but it works. That's all that matters, right? Oh, man. Uh, somebody said that, that Suggs reminds them of Jamal Murray. I think the body reminds me of, of Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray couldn't and still really doesn't guard. Jalen Suggs has incredible to me, like anticipation on the defensive end. And, right. uh, I think he could be a great defender, not a good defender. I think he'd be a great back football. Yeah. Yes. Quarterback and DB both. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, thoughts on Curbelo's game? I mean, I really like him. I think he's got to learn, especially defensively, but dude, pick and roll. Oh, he, he is elite. Yeah. I mean, he was setting the table for Kofi tonight and some of the passes he makes. It reminds me a little bit of playing with Rubio where. Really? I was just in the sense, not not so much. I think Ricky's making, obviously, but like in the sense that Ricky would hit you in the face with the ball if you weren't ready for it. Like yep. he could literally embarrass you, not intentionally, but you know he's he's looking guys off and he's throwing it the other way. And like that's, I feel like Curbelo's got that in him. He's he's got great feel. The one thing, um, Deion Thomas. The one thing Deion Thomas uh, mentioned about Curbelo, and I don't know if you agree with this. He said he needs to figure out. Uh, Ways to play at different speeds. Yes. Change tempo. I think that's a lot of freshmen, though. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of players that they're used to being faster, so they just burn it. Right. Whereas right. here, it's like, dude, if you, you give a little hesitation, you give a little stop and go, all of a sudden, you're really hard to guard. No doubt. No doubt. What else? What else, Rob? Anything else we got to talk about that we haven't hit on? Um, I got a big haircut tomorrow morning. That is big. I'm kind of scrolling the chat. I'm trying to look at more, uh, more questions here. Uh, NC State, somebody probably coming at me for NC State. You know, like they're okay. Like they're okay. I mean, great win against Carolina. Can you sustain it and be more than just a fringe tournament team? Like, what do you, what do you think about Kevin Keith's style of play? I mean, he, I mean, I like it, but you have to have the right players for it. No doubt. Like you have to have a lot of players for it. And, and I don't think they have enough quality depth to play the way he wants. You have, you have to have like 10 or 11 dudes. Right. And he hasn't had it. He, Seven or eight and expect to, to be able to have gas in the tank. He had it when I – when I, Kevin Keats, I'll give you a good story on Kevin Keats. So I used to run this prep school tournament, okay? I used to run it in New England. It was going to fall apart. A guy named Bobby Jacobs ran it out of Delaware. He also ran Slam Dunk to the Beach. But he ran this prep school tournament. It was going to fall apart completely. He went AWOL. He just went AWOL one year. Nobody could get a hold of them. And I was covering all the prep schools because I live out here in New England and I was doing recruiting at that time. And uh, so they all call on me every day. These Kevin Keats was at Hargrave, Chris Chaney down at Patterson, Jason Smith at Brewster. They're wearing my ass out. Winchinden, Mike Burns. And I'm like, finally, guys, I'm like, I'm like, screw this. Like, I'm going to get everybody on a conference call so people aren't wearing my ass out and we'll figure out what we can do. I ended up taking over the, the, the tournament. Um, making no money, moving it every year to a different venue. I had no idea what I was doing. But anyway, so Keats was was at Hargrave, and I joke with him because he was always the biggest pain in the ass scheduling-wise. He'd want a cupcake, and then he'd want, like, one one tough game, one good game, and then right. a cupcake. So now when I see a schedule at NC State, it, it's the same deal. Like, he'll play a bunch of cupcakes in, like, the 300s, and right. then he'll play a couple, you know, a couple tough games in the non-conference. Um, at least he's playing a couple good games, unlike this year, like Arkansas. Like Arkansas is my mystery team right now. Sure. I have no idea. I think they're good. 
Like, I think Moses Moody is really good. They've got some freshmen, Jalen Tate, some transfers in there. I, Moss, I think, is a good coach. But, man, like, you have no idea uh, how good they are. I'm going to read you the teams they have played. They're 8-0, okay? And, and in Ken Palm, um, I'm going to try to get this up here. All right, Mississippi Valley State, 357. North Texas, 102. UT Arlington, 163. Lipscomb, 220. Southern, 283. Central Arkansas, 245. Oral Roberts, 182. Abilene Christian yesterday, 122. That, to me, is – and, again, listen, a lot of these aren't the fault of, of the coaches because they had a different schedule at one this year. This year is a different – I'm not blaming it on them. I'm not blaming it on them. I'm just saying they are a complete mystery to me and everybody. And, and people, they did they wanted this last year with me too. You know, why don't you rank them? Why don't you rank them? Now, last year, they didn't play anybody either for the most part. So, I, I guess – I would still say I know what your schedule and model is, and and, and I'm going to say like no, I'm not going to put you in the top 25 um, and give you the benefit of the doubt because last year you played a shit ass non conference schedule too. That's totally fair. I I like the comment down here. I'm looking, Bryce, you're doing a great job at Grand Canyon, dude. I got to get Bryce. I got to get a hold of him and add him to the wall here. That's that's like my child. Got to get Bryce. Got to get I got to get Bryce through signed Valpo jersey. That would be. We, we'll get him on here. We'll get him up. We'll get him on the pod. Valpo, Indiana pod. Yeah, we could do that. Hey, listen, we could easily, I don't know how well it works in this thing. If it'd be too slow. I think we tried it with four people and it, it depends on the, 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 the Wi-Fi speed. But, um, if we can get both, both through brothers, we can do it on a zoom call for sure. And just not play. They're, they're the best. They, uh, they just don't talk trash to each other. They're too nice to each they other. Aren't- they're super nice. Everybody is super nice in that family. Like from Homer, Janet. Oh, like yeah. I want dirt. When I call Bryce to get dirt on Scott, there's like nothing there. It's like, like if, if I want to call painter for dirt on you, I'm going to get some, some good dirt. Like you can't get anything from that family. It's like a vault, either a vault or the fact that they don't do anything wrong. I think they're just too nice. Like I, I've never heard like a bad thing about Bryce. Seriously. Like I. Really? Ever. And like I grew up and like he was like my my idol. Like I love I have Bryster's autograph on Gatorade cups. I used to go over to his parents' house because my one of my best friends from elementary school lived like right behind him. We'd like ring his doorbell and like get his autograph. Like really? Homer had to think I was insane. And that's hurting me. (laughs) Go to his door, ring his doorbell and ask for his autograph. How old were you? Like Like eight? Seven or eight. Yeah. Like and Bryce and, and be there parents, I would do this. They were always super nice. They never were like, "Dude, get the hell out of here," which they should have. But like yeah. you said, they're too nice. When, when, hey, when you left, what, what, what's that? When you left, they probably closed the door and they're like, what, "That kid's parents, man. Like that kid's parents should know better. They they they, they, they got that kid away." Couldn't have been blamed on my parents. It, they could have, but I was at my like my best friend's house. And we'd just be out in his backyard shooting hoops on his basketball court. And we would, like – we Bryce had a really cool court in his backyard. We'd always, like, be, like, looking down there to see if he was shooting. Like, which rarely was he because at this point he's in college, right? But, man, I I have Bryce's autograph so many times. Like, How far did you live from him? From where his parents lived? Yeah. Less, less than a mile. Like, right. he was he was pretty – really close. If, if we were in the same class, we would have went to the same elementary school. Wow. 
Like if we were the same age. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Crazy. All right. Well, listen, um, we'll talk. Uh, what, what is today? Today is uh, Wednesday. All right. Well, mer- Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you too. And everybody listening for sure. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. And uh, we will see you next week. Sounds good. Later. Yep. Yeah.